God wants you and he wants me to, to live in an abundant place. Isn't that right? Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. But you know what? I, I can tell you there's a lot of people who are not living in the abundance that God wants them to live in. And, and they may go, okay, why am I not living there? Well, I, I'm not sure I can answer that question 100% for you personally. But, but I can tell you that if you ask the Lord, he'll show you. And if you look into his word, you'll figure it out. Because, because his word has all the answers that we need for life. But, but the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. God doesn't. He, you know, I was, I was raised to believe that, that you know, God wants some people rich and he wants some people poor. And you just got to accept your lot in life, you know. You can't find that anywhere in the Bible be, because it isn't there. Because it isn't true. But, but, you know what, life is supposed to be blessed and it's supposed to be abundant. And, and get this, I know this is going to come as a shock to some of you, but life is supposed to be fun even, Okay. I, I realize that's, that's coming, coming as a shock to you, and don't elbow your spouse and think it's their fault that your life isn't fun, because I can tell you if your life isn't fun, you need to start by looking in the mirror to figure out why it isn't fun, okay? So, so get that thought out of your head now, all right? Uh, I'm just joking. Um, but, you know, don't we all love, I, don't you love to see a winner? We're, we're made to love the overcomer. We, we love those stories of the person who overcame this or that, you know, the person who, who received their healing and the person who, who was poor and God made him rich. And we love those stories. And because, because see, see, you are that overcomer. You know, that's, it's, it's part of your DNA as a child of God. God has wired that into you. And, and so, so it's exciting. And, you know, sometimes I need to look at myself in the mirror and shake myself a little bit and say, okay, it is time for you to straighten up. Because sometimes I can be, sometimes I can be negative and, and, and I get a little whiny around the edges. And I, I, I can be so serious sometimes. One day I was getting ready for something and I was worried about it and, and I was overthinking this particular event. And uh, I was overdoing the details and trying to figure it all out. And the Lord spoke to me and said, it's supposed to be fun. <laughs> he might as well have just smacked me in the head because that's about how, I mean, I was just like, oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? You know, see, see, we, get, we can get all worked up about stuff and forget what, what we're even supposed to be doing. And what we're even supposed to be on this planet for. There's a reason. And it's a good reason. It's not a bad reason. Okay. Well, you know, and, and okay. D does life have challenges? Oh, absolutely. How many of you had challenges today? Anyone besides me? Yes. Yes. Okay. So life has some challenges. Okay. But, but you know what? We don't just, you know, give up and and quit living because we've faced a few challenges. You know, if, if that were the case, the, the Apostle Paul would have just packed his bags and gone back to Tarsus, all right? But, I mean, you know, how many times was he shipwrecked? How many times was he beaten within an inch of his life? And, you know, starvation and, and, and all these things. Why did he just keep going? Because, because he knew it was all going to be okay in the end. You know, he, he's on a boat in the middle of a hurricane, and, and they're all despaired. Everyone's given up. 
you know, an angel came and talked to Paul. But, but, but before Paul ever got on the boat, the Lord said to him, you're going to go speak before Caesar. So Paul's on the boat going, well, God said. You know what? Every situation we need in life that looks like it's about to run us down and knock us over and make life tough, we need to just stop and say, yeah, but God said. And, and, and just go right back to, the, you know, our foundation that we all know. All right. But, but we, can get, we can get caught up, can't we? I'm not the only one, right? Okay. You know, I, this, this struck me so hard the other day. I, I, I was reading, now I've read Deuteronomy chapter 28, which is the, if you don't know Deuteronomy chapter 8, it's the blessings. It starts out with a few paragraphs of the blessings for obedience, and then it goes into a lot of, you know, paragraphs of the curses for disobedience to the children of Israel. And, and, you know, if, if, if you just read the blessing part, that's really, really good because, you know, it says you're going to be blessed coming in and blessed going out, blessed in the country, blessed in the city, blessed in your, you know, everywhere, right? That's what God wants. And all we have to do is obey him to get that, okay? Even they who didn't live under the covenant we live under and didn't have the blessings that we have with Jesus, all they had to do was obey him and all that was theirs. But, but in the cursing part, which I don't, there's a few verses that I have highlighted and I just don't read the rest of it. But my eyes lit on something the other day when I was, when I had that open and I was looking for one of the verses that I like in that particular part of the, the chapter. And, and I saw this and I thought, wow, I need to wake up. So you're going to hear my wake up moment here. Uh, verse um, 45 and, and you don't have to go there, just, just hear me out here. In, in, uh, in Deuteronomy 28, verse 45 said, And these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed, because, because you would not obey the Lord your God by keeping his commands and his statutes, which he commanded you. So, you know, we, we knew that was there. We knew that was coming. Once you've read those chapters, you know that's there. But then skip verse 46, go to verse 47. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and a glad heart for the abundance of things. Now, now think about that for just a half a second. Do you, do you, see, do you see that up there? Isn't that good? You know, it isn't that hard. It's a decision that you make. It's, it's the perspective that you decide to keep about your life and about the people around you and about your job and your car and your dog and whatever else. Your hairline, you know. Seriously. You know, God's given us everything. Didn't Jesus come? I mean, we have a better covenant. You know, he came to give us life and life abundantly. And, and we have a better covenant than they ever dreamed of. We have the Holy Spirit living right inside of us, the comforter and the guide, you know, when things get rough. And they do get rough. But you know what? We still keep that verse up there, if you would. He still wants us. He wants us to serve the Lord with joy and a glad heart. Now, look at that. Look at that next part. Even they had it for the abundance of things. Now, you know what? The, the, if you look at what, if you look back at what they experienced, right? Every morning they woke up, except Saturday, 
Every morning they woke up and there was manna spread across the ground. They did not have to go to Walmart. They did not have to go to Baker's. They did not have to, you know, find some place that had organic, hormone-free meat in the middle of Iowa and drive halfway across the state to get special food, okay? You know those people, right? Maybe you're that person. That's okay. I don't care. I don't care where you buy your food. But see, they, they, all they had to do was step outside the tent, and there was manna. And they got tired of manna, so they complained. And God sent quail. He said he blew them in with the wind, and they were waist high. Okay, I don't know what that means exactly, but that's way too many quail. That sounds like an Alfred Hitchcock movie to me. And uh, anyway, there were quail. So many quail, they didn't know what to do with the quail. Now think about this. The abundance of things. Now, now, we have, again, just I'm not trying to keep repeating myself here, but we have a better covenant than they had. If, if we aren't walking in abundance, then guess what? This is bad news for, for those of you who like to complain and blame other people. See, if I'm not walking in abundance, it's my fault. It's not God's fault. My people perish for lack of knowledge. That means I'm missing it somewhere and I'm not hitting it where I should hit it somewhere because I'm not walking where I should be walking. That's my fault, not his. You can blame him all day long. That doesn't change anything. You understand that, right? You know, I can be mad at the hammer if I hit my finger, but it's probably not the hammer's fault. I, I, I was cutting sheetrock one day, and I, whew, right over my thumb. You know, I, 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 I can't blame the sheetrock. I can't blame the knife. I can't blame, you know, anyone except me for what I did. I still have a scar. You know? Isn't it right? But see, we, 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 we're a lot more comfortable. I am anyway, so I'll speak for me. You don't want me talking about you anyway, right? I'm a lot more comfortable if I can blame somebody else for what's going, you know, not quite the way I want in my life, you know. James chapter 5. Are you there? I warned you we were going to go there, right? James was the brother of our Lord. Uh, he was a pastor. He had a pastor's heart. He said a whole lot of, if you read James, you know, there's not, you don't hear a lot of preachers preaching from much of James, if you think about that sometime. They don't, they don't preach from James because it's, there's really, there's not a whole lot you can say about it. And if you start talking about it, you feel like you're just beating people up because it's pretty, it's right in your face about how to straighten up. But, uh, but James chapter five, he said a whole lot of pastoral things right before we get to, you know, in chapters one, two, three, and four. Now we're in, in chapter five and, and verse seven says this, therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. You see that? Now, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to propose to you that, 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 that he wants us to be patient, but that's like the minimum. The minimum standard is to be patient until the coming of the Lord. That isn't really where he wants you to live 100%. He wants you in patience, but he really wants you in joy, and he wants you in abundance, and he wants you... He wants you having fun, and he wants you fulfilled, and he wants you carrying out God's plan, right? All those things. But, but he, he says here, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Now, I have to say, up until, 
recently, when I would read this passage, what, what I had was this mental picture of me sitting, not happily, really, just sitting, waiting for Jesus to come back. And on stressful days, I would say, you know, wouldn't it be nice if he'd come back today? But, 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 but I want to I say something to you here. The Holy Spirit, in, in bringing this out and what James is saying here, he, he really isn't focused on the waiting part, okay? He, he, he wants us to be patient, but, but that isn't his focus here, right? He, he's focused on what we do while we're waiting. So the word patient here isn't isn't maybe what I thought it was going to be when I when I looked that up. What I found was the patience here is 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 the emphasis not to lose heart. All right? So 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 be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it. Now, do you understand that a farmer is not a farmer doesn't just uh, uh, sit. I come from a long line of farmers, by the way, both sides of the family. And, and, and the farmer doesn't sit in the house and do nothing and just hope something happens out in the field. That is not what happens. If you've ever been around farms, you'll know that isn't what happens. Uh, we had dairy farms, too, on both sides. You don't just, uh, you know, buy cows and put them in the barn and hope something happens there so that there's milk. That is not what happens. It is a tremendous amount of work. And you, you get the fields ready, don't you? And then you, you plant the fields. And then, and then you're, you're believing God for rain because you need that rain. And it talks about that there, doesn't it? The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until he gets the early and the late rain. So the farmer's out there. Now he's got his field. Now I can, I can remember my uncle. My uncle Sam, would, would, he'd walk out. And just look at his fields. He'd just walk out there. He didn't say anything. He'd just walk out. He'd love to walk out and see that his corn was growing, that his beans were growing, that his alfalfa was looking good, didn't have a bunch of trees growing out in there, didn't have a bunch of weeds growing out in there. He liked it. And he, he was proud of it. He had the, my uncle had the, he, he, he had three different farms in his lifetime that he owned. And, and all three farms he had the highest yield of corn in his, his fields of any farm in the county because he took special care of his crops and he watched over it, all right? And, and he did believe God. Now, my aunt, on the other hand, now, she was a great lady, but she would, if it was storming, she was out there wringing her hands and worried that it was going to hail. But uh, my uncle, he was a sound asleep, trust me. He, did, he wasn't worried about the hail. But, but the farmer... The farmer is patient. He's waiting for the crop, but he isn't just sitting around waiting for the crop. He did something to get that crop to happen. Do you understand that? Now, we're going to get more to that, but, but you know what? Let's just touch on the moment of the word patience and where it says here, you know, that word means for us to patience not to lose heart. 
Okay, what, what can cause a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, somebody like us, somebody who loves the Lord, who loves coming to church, who, who, who knows a lot about the Word, what can cause us to lose heart? I mean, we could, go, we could make a big list, couldn't we? We could make a big list because there's giants in the land and there's mountains, amen? There's mountains that need to be spoken to. You know, we could talk about our families. We could talk about our jobs. We could talk about our, you know, uh, you know, we could talk about the people that we meet who act like people and the people we meet who act like the devil and Christians who don't act like Christians. And we could start talking about the reasons that we've lost heart and the people who have discouraged us and the people who have set us back. But you know what? If, if our focus is there we are going to lose heart. You know, if Paul, if all he thought about was the people who threw the rocks at him and, and the people who wouldn't listen to him when he said, don't sail, and the people who arrested him and the people who tried to ambush him, if, he, if that's all he thought about, he wouldn't have gone out. But he wasn't thinking about any of them. You understand that? He was you go read his letters. Who, what was he thinking about? He was thinking about the people. He's like, pray that I'll have an open door of ministry. You know, he wasn't, you know, he's in prison and he's praying, you know, pray that I'll have an open door of ministry because I've been, you know, in, in the, one, the one letter he said, you know, I've been preaching to the whole guard. <laughs> now think about that. You know, you know, what is the old saying? You know, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, right? Paul was a champion of this. You know, he was doing exactly what he was doing exactly what the Lord said to do back there in Deuteronomy, right? He uh, he was uh, he was serving the Lord with joy and with a glad heart for the abundance of things. You know, he, he said, I've learned how to live with nothing, but I've learned how to live with great abundance. You know, he just figured it out. How did he do that? How did he keep his attitude right? Well, it was where his eyes were, where his focus was, isn't it? You know, we have to be careful. You know, are we going to let ourselves lose heart? Because I tell you what, if, if you let yourself, you can lose heart. Because I've been there and I've lost heart before. And you gotta, you, it's a lot harder to get it back than it is to lose it. So you know what? We just, we just got to learn. You know, we got to learn to believe what this book says. And when he says it, and just believe it, and know that he meant it. And if he says we're an overcomer, then we're going to overcome. And if, if he says that we can walk in abundance, then we need to, to, to believe him to walk in abundance. And if he says we can walk in health, hello, then, then we need to figure out how to walk in health. Amen? Because, because, because he didn't lie when he wrote this, and he, he's for real. It isn't like something we just made up or we're not telling clever stories here, hoping that you'll give more in the offering. It isn't like that, you know? I, 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 I could have made a whole lot more money, uh, probably, you know, my big plan when I was young, I was going to be a doctor and I would make a lot of money. I could have probably made a lot more money being a doctor and been totally unhappy and miserable because I didn't follow God's plan for my life. But see, see, you know, he, he says in his word, he says that, that, that he leads us by peace, right? And there's a whole lot to be said about living in peace, isn't there? Right? Peace is better than turmoil, right? And, and you know, when, when we walk with him, you know, 
he, he, he's the one who makes sure, you know, he takes care of us. David, you know, in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not want. I shall not lack. All right. Well, what shall he not lack? Well, he, he, he's not going to lack anything. And if you look at David's life, God took care of him over and over. And even when David messed up, God picked up pieces and took care of him again, didn't he? You know, how did this kid, you know, he's probably, you know, middle school, he kind of late middle school, early high school age kid decide he's going to go attack a giant. I mean, you know, that's nuts. But you know what? He, he had all that time on his hands out there in the fields and he just got to know God. He figured out what God was about, knew God was with him, knew God wouldn't let him down. So he's like, you know, if God's not going to let me down, then why not just try? I, I can't quote it, but I have a cup in my office that says that somebody gave it to me. It says on there something like, you know, what would you do if you knew you would never fail? What, what would you do? Because if God's called you to do it, then, then you're not going to fail if, if it's his call and he's called you to do it. And, you know, I, I heard a pastor tell this story one time. There was a little old lady in the church, just as sweet as she could be. She seemed so nice. Everybody liked her. She seemed so sweet. And, and, and the pastor had said something to the Lord about her. And, and, and he said, she's so sweet. And the Lord said, she, she was called to, I called her to the mission field and she refused to go. She missed out on my plan for her entire life. You know, it shook the pastor. Because here's this sweet, nice little old lady. Well, you know what? Boy, I don't, boy, I don't want anybody to ever say that about me. Thank you very much. So, so back to uh, James chapter 5. You still there? Okay, good. James chapter 5. It says there, Be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it. Well, what's, he, what's a farmer called to do? What are we called to do? Well, seed time and harvest, right? Seed time and harvest, seed time and harvest, seed time and harvest. Is that talking about money? Absolutely. Is it talking about things besides money? Oh, absolutely. It's talking about our lives. It's talking about what we do. Seed time and harvest. You know what? I, I, I sow seeds uh, of kindness to people, and, and I reap a harvest. I sow seeds of finances to, to people. Uh, you know, and, and, and the Bible says those people are going to be waiting for you at the gates when you get to heaven. You know, the, the, I sow seeds of all sorts of things because I know that, that, that if I sow seeds, I'm going to reap a harvest. If I don't plant anything, I'm not going to reap. You understand that? You know, if, if I just say no, you know, there's a, I think it's in Ecclesiastes somewhere, there's a verse that says, the, the man who watches the clouds will, will never plant. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't risk it. I, I can't risk volunteering at church because I'm so busy in my job, and what if they call me into work and I can't do it? Well, what if they do? You know, I have a guy... Uh, you guys know Dan. Dan drives a snowplow, right? And he volunteers, and I'll get a text from him. He goes, I can come this morning, but they may call me in. I'm like, well, come, and if they call you in, they call you in. Just go for it. You know, if you're, 
are, are we going to quit living just because we see a cloud, you know? But, but that's exactly right, isn't it? Oh, I, I can't go to Bible study because I don't know any of those people. Well, yeah, and you're not going to get to know them if you don't go to Bible study for crying out loud. I mean, come on. Well, well, I can't give 10 bucks to the missionary who's speaking at church next week because, because what if I need that 10 bucks? Well, you know, the Lord made some promises in his word. You might want to get familiar with those and, and then sort it out. You know, you, know, you don't, don't quit living just because you see, oh, what if? Yeah, what if? Seed time and harvest, seed time and harvest, seed time and harvest. It's how it works. It's how this walk with God works. It, you know, we, 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 are, we, we walk in abundance because we give and we get, we get back, all right? It, it, it doesn't make sense in, the, in your head. Okay, if I give my money away, I'm going to have more money. That doesn't make sense, but that's how it works. If I give my time away, I'm going to have more time. You know what? Anybody know that's how it works? Have you ever seen it work that way? It's amazing. It's amazing how, you know, I, I, I have friends, bless their hearts. I, I love these people so much. And, and, and uh, the Lord has called them into ministry, and they are too busy to obey him. The Lord's called them to go speak, and they're too busy. They just don't have the time. You know what? And, and you're never going to feel like you have the time to do all sorts of things. You know, you know, I mean, look at me, you, you know, you guys, you know, I'm not lying. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? You guys do know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I mean, we can get there. We can get, we can get so focused on us that we just let go of everything else and just stop living and stop doing what we know. It's okay. First of all, it doesn't even come from a should. It comes from a, I want to. I want to do this. I want to get involved. I want to help somebody. I want to bless somebody. I want to get, you know, I want to go down to the mission. I want to do this. I want, you know, you want to do it. So, so, you know, but we're so worried. So then you see people and they, yeah, they go to work and then they go home and they eat and then they plop down in front of the TV and they go to bed and they go to work and they come home and eat. And they plop down in front of the TV, and they go to bed, and, they, and wow. Fun. Okay, I better stop. I, I've told this story, but I, I not, not for, 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 usually when I'm talking about being led by the Holy Spirit, I, I, I share this story because it was, so, it was so important to me when I was so young. And, and my hairdresser had three little kids, little kids. And, and one day, I was getting my hair cut, and, and right here, give her $20. I'm like, Lord. Okay, when I was his age, $20 was more than it is now. But $20, Lord, I, I do not have $20. I mean, I do, but I am not giving it to her. So... <laughs> I pay her to cut my hair, and I tip her, and that's good enough. And right here, for the next two weeks, $20. $20 to the lady who cut your hair, $20. Oh, Lord, $20? Really? $20 to the lady who cut your hair. I wasn't even spirit-filled yet. $20 to the lady who cut your hair. 
Finally, I just was like, I, I'm never going to have any peace until I put $20 in an envelope. And I, so I did. I stuck $20 in an envelope. And uh, I wrote her name on it and her address and stuck a stamp on it and threw it in the mailbox before I changed my mind. And uh, I was like, finally, I can get some rest in my head. <laughs> so in the course of time, I'm back getting my hair cut. And uh, she's a Christian, great lady. And she's like, I have to tell you what the Lord did for me. And I, I can hardly tell this story because it makes me want to cry. But, 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 but I, I'm like, what, what did the Lord do? I have no idea what she's going to say. And she goes, she goes uh, her, her middle daughter, she goes, my middle daughter was sick, and I was at the doctor, and the doctor said, you know, she needs this medication, and, and, the, and I found out the medication was going to be, guess, $20. And she goes, I didn't have $20. I bet I'm driving home like, Lord, what in the world am I going to do? Because I don't have any money. And you know I don't have any money. I certainly don't have $20. And she goes, I get home in the mail, I open up the mail, and there's this envelope, and inside the envelope is $20. Can you believe that? And I'm like, wow, wow. But, but now, now, seed time and harvest, folks. I got a harvest out of that that's worth so much more than $20. I can't even, I can't even begin to tell you how much more than $20 that is worth to me. Because it's like, you know, Okay, you know, just think about this, okay? I, I, I realized I really did hear from the Lord, you know. In, any question that I would have had about that is gone. And, and, and then it's like, I, I really helped this lady, and it's like, wow, that was so cool to be led, and I did it, and I, and I obeyed finally, and uh, yeah. I mean, I was pumped. Still like it. I mean, I, that's half a lifetime ago. But, 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 see... Seed time and harvest, seed time and harvest. Don't quit living. You know? <sighs> Turn to, uh, I don't know. Turn to, uh, turn to 1 Peter chapter 3, and then we're going to go to Psalm 1. We're going to go fast, so, so if you don't, you can just read them off the wall if you want. And, and, but 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Peter. Peter got it. You, you know that, right? If you study the life of Peter, he figured out how to make life work. He figured out, he wasn't the guy who was going to sit in the boat, right? He's like, Jesus, hey, you're walking on the water. Can I come? Nobody else got out of the boat, you know. Peter was the only one, you know. Nobody else tried. He was like, ah, let's go for it, you know. And, and he was reckless. And, but, you know, you got to like the guy, right? So, so here we have Peter, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, right? First Peter chapter 3. To sum up, verse 8, to sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult. That's easy to do, isn't it? That's just flesh. But giving a blessing instead for you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. You know, you see what it says there? It says be a blessing so that you can inherit a blessing. And why, why you were called to inherit a blessing. 
All right, you, you were called to inherit a blessing. But, but look at that verse, it says, it says you have to be a blessing first. Do you see that? Do you see where it says that up there? I'm not making this up, do you see that? It really says that. So, so you know, am, am I gonna sow and reap? Am I, am, I, am I gonna go, am I gonna sow those seeds? Yeah, because I want the blessing. Do you want the blessing? You know, the blessing we get back is gonna be greater than the one that we gave out. All right, Psalm 1, verse 2. I can quote this one. I learned this when I was a little kid. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. You see that, verse 2. And in that law doth he meditate day and night. We know this, right? Verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth, look at this, his fruit in his season. Do you see that? Now, fruit, okay, I'm sorry. If, if, I, bless, if, if I bless Chris and Brent, okay, my, my, my return on that, that blessing that I'm going to inherit may not come like this, okay? No, it says, it says look at that again. It, it says that you'll get your fruit in its season. Is that not true? You don't, you don't, uh, you don't go pick apples off the tree in April, Okay, I challenge you, anybody in this room, if you have an apple tree, to go try to find an apple that's in good edible condition on the apple tree in April, it's not going to happen. It will not happen, I'll guarantee you, because it is not the season for apples. April is not it. Anybody know that? Apples come along later. All right, I don't know what month, but not April. You know, they plant wheat at different times of year. There's one... There's one kind of wheat that's winter wheat. You guys familiar with this? They plant it in the fall, and then you'll see the, the winter wheats growing up really, really fast in the spring. It's like, whoa, what's that? Well, that's winter wheat. I, I told the farmer that one day. They didn't know I had a, that I had farming in my background, and they were like, yeah, that, that, that field of there. I said, yeah, the winter wheat. They were like, you know what that is? I was like, yeah. <laughs> thought you were a city boy. Well, I am, but... But, okay, here's what I was going to say, you know, about a minute ago that I forgot. Okay. <laughs> see, see, the, the, blessing, the blessing doesn't come like this every time, okay? Sometimes they're, they're, you got to wait for it. But see, the, see, I'm telling you that the blessing that you get is going to be greater than the one that you give. Okay, because that's how God is. You understand that? You can't outgive him. So, so he sees us doing something that pleases him, and all he wants to do is bless us more, all right? And, and, and the word says, you know, I mean, even looking at Malachi, it says that if, if we'll just give our tithe, he's going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we don't even have room to hold. You understand that's not the same as what we gave. It's bigger than what we gave. Now, what I was going to say is, I, you know, I worked with troubled kids, and, and I read this one time, and I thought that's the most ridiculous Thing I've ever heard my teachers that teach have all heard this, but, but the rest of you haven't. It, it said this. It says, if you have a particularly difficult child, now this is not a child who has organic brain issues, for example, you know, like, you understand what I mean by that. They, they're not like, they're of, of, of reasonably normal intelligence and, and, and what have you. But if they're a particularly difficult child, he said this. He said twice on two different days, Notice something about them. Don't compliment them. Don't say anything nice to them. Just notice something about them two times 
on two different days and they will be your friend forever. And I thought that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And so I had a really tough kid and, and I, I, you know, walked up to him, you know, it's like, oh, the Chiefs, Chiefs shirt on. I thought I didn't compliment it. I didn't say, wow, it's a cool shirt. I didn't say anything. I just said, oh, Chiefs. And then I don't remember the other thing I said to him, but another day, it was, a, it was actually about a week later, I, I said something to this kid about, I just noticed, I think, I actually, I think he'd gotten his haircut. I said, ah, got your haircut. Didn't say I liked it. Didn't say it was a nice haircut. <laughs> Didn't say anything, just said haircut. I am telling you, the kid followed me around for the next, I was around this kid for the next couple years, and the kid, I was his bud, and he followed me around everywhere. And, and his mom came to me, he's like, it's so wonderful, you know, he has so much trouble at school, but it's so wonderful how, how wonderful you are with him. And, and I'm like, yeah, I worked really hard to get there. <laughs> he, he's going to pour out a blessing. Are you tracking with me here? He, he's going to pour out a blessing bigger than what you gave. I, I gave very little. I gave to this kid. I, I didn't give much, but I gave, and I reaped everything I ever wanted. I never had, I never had, you know, my other, you know, the other people who were working with this kid, oh, he's so hard, like, mm, not for me. He wasn't. He'd do anything I asked him to do. It was great, but, but, see, see, you know, let me, let me say this. Let me say this. You know, when we were at the other building, we were, when I first took over the children's church, it was just rough. We were just, you know, I don't know. I was just having trouble getting their attention and keeping it. And, and one day the Lord said, do this and this. I was like, well, that's easy. I'll try that. Next week, I made two changes in the classroom. Perfect. See, see. See, the thing is, is when you're walking in his plan, it's his plan. And, and, and so the provision for, for what you need to walk that plan out, he's going to make sure you have it, okay? So, so if there's wisdom you need, he's going to make sure you have the wisdom. And, and if there's finances you need, he's going to make sure you have the finances. And if there's people and, and volunteers or whatever you need, he's going to make sure that you have the volunteers and the people you need to do what you need to do because that's who he is and that's how he does it. Okay, it's not your job to, to, to fix everything in the world, okay? But it is your job to find out what he wants you to do and, and to head in that direction. I used to, years ago, when I first entered ministry back in the middle 80s, I, I was running a bus ministry where we were bringing in sometimes 200 kids or more to our church every Saturday. And, you know, I had this big kind of Sesame Street type thing. And it was a fun deal. It was a lot of fun, a lot of work. And, you know, one Saturday, one of my bus drivers didn't show up. And, and I'm like, Actually, and I was already short one, so I was already driving one, and, and I didn't have one. And I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do? And this guy in the church walks in the door, and he goes, hey, Dave, how are you? Do you need any help today? I was like, yes, <laughs> I actually do. Thank you very much. But, but do you understand? It, it, it's not my job 
to put all the pieces together and make the whole world work. But, but where God, you know, gives us instruction, he, he's going to also give us provision. And there's lots of verses we could find to back that up. But, but, but my point is not that. My point here is that seed time and harvest, seed time and harvest. You know, don't stop planting seeds. Don't, don't give up. Don't just go sit on the couch say, let somebody else do it now. I'm tired. You know, I've been hurt too many times. I've been burned too many times. Okay. You know what? We've all been hurt and burned. But, you know, Jesus, look at him. Did he keep going? Yes. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. All right. So we may have to endure some things, but we're never going to have to endure what Jesus endured. The Apostle Paul endured some things, but, but uh, go to, anyway, Philippians 3. You there? Chapter 3, verse 7. But whatever things were gained to me, those things, this is Paul talking, those things I have counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. And then, then he goes, then, he, then he's really getting wound up here. Do you see this? He's like, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, not that I have already obtained it or have I have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Verse 13, brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, you see that? And reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, he got burned a few times, but he's like, yeah, I, I'm going to forget about all that. I don't care about any of that because I have a goal. Well, what's the goal? He's out there seed time and harvest. He's out there planting seeds. He's out there reaching out. He's like, did you, you know, he said, I want to go to the regions beyond. The regions beyond what? I don't know. He's like, but I, I want to go by, beyond where anybody else has gone. I want to find new people to tell about, to tell, you know, about my Lord, about my Savior. I want to get there. I want to keep going. I want to keep planting seeds. Why did he do that? Because that was just in him. That's what he was called to do. What, what, what gets you going? What gets you motivated? What brings you joy? What makes you happy? What, what way has God put it on your heart to serve him? You know, we, we, we all have to figure that out. And once we figure it out, we got to decide, like Paul, it's like, okay, yeah, I, I, I maybe ha it hasn't worked out too well sometimes in the past, but I don't care. Because all I want to do is know him and all I want to do is, is follow this thing and, and press on to, for the reason he put me on this planet. That's basically what he's saying. I got I to gotta just keep going. I got to keep serving him. I got to keep moving because, because 
he's like for the surpassing glory of just knowing him. You know, if, if you don't know him, you can't trust him. So, so take time in his word and get to know him. Take time in prayer and get to know him. You know, you will get to know him. It, it doesn't happen, you know, as fast sometimes as you think it should or could. Most of us, uh, if we've been walking with the Lord for a while, we don't feel like we're changing as fast as we would like to change and get things together. You know, he doesn't really care if you're together, you know, and, and, and you're changing fast as fast as you can handle. See, it isn't on him. He, he's, he's helping you and changing you as fast as you can handle it. All right. Yeah, I can go faster. No, trust me. Trust me, you can't. All right. But but you know, you just leave that part up to him. You don't worry about it. And and you can't, you know, don't I, I've done this. I, I remember one time um, when 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 I was called to ministry and you know they're bringing me up on the platform to introduce me. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, I don't think I am actually qualified to do this. I don't feel spiritual enough to do this or to be in this position and the way they're, I don't think this, God, I think you picked the wrong guy. No, no, no. See, see, he, he, he made you a new creation. Do you understand that? See, see, how you see you, I was talking to the guys about this yesterday morning in Bible study, how you see you and how he sees you are probably, unless you've re- renewed your mind to figure out how he sees you, how you see yourself isn't the same. See, see, he made you a new creation. As far as he's concerned, you, you've got it all together and you are just, all you need to do is figure out what it is he wants you to do in this world and start doing it. See, see, you're qualified. He made you that way. See, you're not going to, you may look at yourself and say, yeah, but, you know, I came from this family or I did this or I was in prison or I was an addict or I was, no, 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 no. See, 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 Paul, forgetting what lies behind, Paul was a murderer. Hello. He was, I'm not making this up. He was a murderer, you know? And, and, and that's not really that positive of a thing, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so, so he had some things to forget about and put behind him, and, and he did. He, I have three minutes, okay? He, he, he forgot about him, and he pressed on. What? Pressed on to what? To know God, to, to fulfill his ministry, to, to fulfill the calling on his life, and, and, and the, rest of it, the rest of it didn't matter to him. See, if, if you're all, okay, you know, you know, if, 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 if your kid said to you, I don't want to go outside because of the dinosaurs, you're going to be like, okay, that, okay, stop, child, okay, stop, time out. No, you've seen dinosaurs on TV, no, we saw those, you know, skeletons in the museum, but there are no dinosaurs outside, you don't need to worry about going outside. All right, you know what, if you're all caught up about this thing that happened in your past, well, I did this, or I was this, or I came from this, you know, here, here's what God says to you. He's like, that's your dinosaur, as far as he's concerned. That is ancient history. He's like, I don't care about that. Forget about that. He's looking this way. He, he's, you know, Jesus said that, didn't he? For the joy set before him, we quoted that out of Hebrews 12. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy set before him? You and me. 
he knew that he was going to be able to bring all of us to him and to the Father. And, 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 and Jesus said, all that the Father has given me, they're mine. And not one of them is going to fall out of my hands. See, you're not going to fall out of his hands. You just got to stick with him and just keep pointing your nose this way and not that way where the ancient history is. Forget about the ancient history. All right. Now, some of you all in this room are young. I realize you don't have as much ancient history as some of us older people. But for, for even you, if, even if it happened yesterday, it's, it's in God's mind, he's pointing you this way. And, and what's this way? His plan, that abundant life you want, that blessing that you want. How are you going to get it? By being a blessing. Seed time and harvest. You know, I'm going to have to continue this another day. But be patient. Don't lose heart. Stick with God. Stick with his plan. Keep following him. You know, Peter started out with Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. And Peter left the fishing nets and behind and, 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 and ran after him. And after Jesus rose from the dead, Peter's back in the lake with the nets and the boat. And, and Jesus said to him, feed my lambs, tend my flock, take care of my sheep. And Peter left the boats again for good this time and followed that plan. And, and, and with that plan was great reward and great blessing, far greater than what he gave, he received.